right. Well, welcome. This is our first podcast in the new year. I don't know if uh, the world has changed much since uh, the new year here. We're still in this whole uh, world of COVID and everything, Kevin, but we're going to have a uh, kick off the, the, the 2021 podcast with um, talking about municipal election. Yeah, it's an, it's new this year that, uh, you know, so there's been a, quite a few changes in the, uh, the Elections Act, right? And uh, and as of January 1st, uh, you know, the city can start uh, doing nominations already. It's actually coming. Uh, usually it's a very short time period of which right before the elections that you do, there's a basically a nomination day. And now there's like a, almost a nomination three quarters of a year. So um, that's a, kind of a new process uh, that uh, we've had to get a little bit used to because uh, usually we don't do a lot of uh, in terms of uh uh, what I want to say is uh, advertisement on stuff this this early in the process. So we just had to kind of gear back the the uh, the timelines and start getting information out there earlier to make sure that uh, that the like you know all of our packages are ready and if there's any questions of the public, uh, we're ready for them and uh, and that and we have a lot of staff that have to get uh, and go through their certifications and education processes and uh, and uh, we've got Christy Eiser uh, here. She'll be the uh, new kind of returning officer of the uh, of the election process. Process. Um, you know, in Cold Lake, we do uh, have an appointee within the organization. Council by bylaw appoints that position. Um, it doesn't have to be a city staff in accordance to the legislation, but it can be. Uh, but uh, we've been doing it that way just because the time commitments and the education component that requires behind it. And uh, and uh, that's been our uh, practice. All right. Well, Christy, that was a good segue to you. Maybe introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, and what's going to be your role in uh, the upcoming elections on October 18th is the big day. Sure. Thank you, Your Worship. Um, so my role with the election will be as the returning officer. So I'm basically responsible to ensure that the process that we utilize to run the municipal election is in accordance with the legislation. So our primary legislation is the Local Authorities Election Act, but also the Municipal Government Act. So there is certain set out rules, timelines that we need to follow, and it's my job to make sure all those are followed properly. So we're basically following the Municipal Government Act. They, they, the Municipal Affairs sends all this, this, the rules to us. Is that how it's working? That's right. Well, there's the Municipal Government Act, then there's the Elections Act itself, so, which is specific. And uh, um, not only municipalities have to follow that, I, I believe the school boards have to, we all kind of within that uh, layer underneath the province uh, have to follow that same piece of legislation. Yeah. Great. And so, um, but we're only con concentrating on the municipal election, correct? That's right. Yes. For the municipal election, um, there is certain, there's certain new timelines that have come out. Significant changes have been made in the legislation in the last couple of years. Um, so a lot of the education components are being updated just to make sure that we're doing things um, with the new changes that have been implemented. Right on. So, so we're going to try to go through everything. If anybody's interested in, in running, uh, we're going to try to understand how a person goes about uh, getting interested and then all the information. And I mean, city staff uh, got mounds and mounds of information for anybody that's interested. And this is a, you know, a long time before the election. But uh, as Kevin said, uh, the government, uh, I think, really wanted to, people to be more engaged uh, and have it more transparent uh, uh, earlier in time. Uh, there's going to be... Um, whole bunch of rules that people have to follow. So we're going to try to walk ourselves through 
um, you know, some yeah. of it anyways. I think uh, one important comment is, is that irrespective of what we're saying here on the uh, podcast is, is that, because uh, it's one of those things that we want to make sure we're uh, doing by the numbers, that uh, and information does change from time to time, that uh, we want to make sure everybody refers to the City of Code Lake website um, kind of for the latest information. Um, cause, uh, if there's a change, uh, a change in the bylaw, or if there's a last minute change in the uh, legislation that we have to update, to, um, definitely don't want to refer back to this podcast as an example. We want to make sure everybody goes to the website, make sure they keep up to speed and, uh, and, uh, anything that changes, we'll let, uh, the candidates know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's right a, now it's a big process. Yeah. So right now a person, uh, Christy can go onto the web website or they can go, go come to city hall and get What's the package called? A municipal elections package? <laughs> um, so yes, as of January 1st, um, if somebody's interested in running for either the position of mayor or position of a councillor, they can come to the front of City Hall and take the nominees package, or they can get that full package available on coldlake.com as well. And we'll keep updating that as things change. Right on. And eventually... Um uh, there, you got to look through the package and then if anybody uh, needs any uh, help, uh, they could just contact you. Is that how it all works? That's right. Yeah, I would be the best contact as the returning officer and they can give me a call or an email and I'm happy to help with any questions people have. We'll also be referring nominees to the Municipal Affairs website because they do have some more uh, in-depth information for potential uh, local um, municipal nominees as well. Right on. So and an important, and basically, role, yeah. Role, well, someone, needs, when someone needs some help, they can contact you. Well, the, yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, and, and that's what the purpose of the returning officer is. The, the chief administrative officer of the city um, is, it stands apart from the election process. And uh, I don't get to uh, hire my bosses in this instance. It's the electorate that gets to hire my bosses. And and through the training program, it's quite, you know, that's the, uh, one of the, uh, a big learning curve once you get on a, on council, as you know, um, we do have a significant orientation package. I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, later in this podcast, but, uh, um, you know, the, uh, CAO does, uh, ha is available for anybody that is running for, for council to ask questions of, you know, what kind of, what, what are issues that I see of the day or what kind of plans are, um, what's, uh, what's going on at city hall at this current time. I'm, um, a perceived notion sometimes that I, I work for the mayor or I, I work for individual as counselors. It's actually, I work for the body of council and, uh, not as, uh, as individuals, as you know, yeah. and that's one of the training sessions that the mayor and council hires one employee. It's a one employee model and, uh, and they appoint the CAO of which everything kind of funnels and runs by the CAO on behalf of mayor council. Yeah. It's one of the interesting things when you do get uh, elected and you, you know, like for myself, uh, when I got, the only reason I got involved in municipal politics is because uh, mom and dad's house filled up with sewage, um, after owning it for about a week. And I, you know, before I, politics was not something that I cared about. And, uh, and so I, I actually, the city staff came out to try to figure out what was, why, why the sewage was coming into the house. And uh, from that, uh, understanding the infrastructure, um, mm -hmm. that's actually what, what got me in, involved in, 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 uh, in trying to run for, for politics. So, you, you know, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of wealth of uh, knowledge uh, with yourself, Christy, on, on how to, how to get engaged. Uh, people should um, really look at the package and go through it. There's uh, signatures that one has to get, right? And there's a deposit uh, that you have to submit. 
believe the deposit's $200, I think is what it is. So yeah. there's, uh, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, a bit of work a person has to, to do. Uh, the signatures are important. So you got to make sure that you follow the rules on the signatures. Um, you know, that have to be City Coal Lake residents. And that's important, you know, the body of... Uh, of the community uh, supporting you, your nomination. And uh, so make sure that you fill out the paperwork uh, well in advance and uh, and you could submit it with your deposit. And then if uh, you're not successful, you do get some of that money back, correct? Um, I think it's like half or something. Potentially your potentially, worship. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, <laughs> Condition. It's, there, it's always fascinating because they, you know, you put up, say, a couple, let's just say it's 200 bucks and... Uh, but you don't get it all back, you know, and especially if you don't get as uh, enough votes, like it, it's like wild. That's right, your worship. And to be a nominee for the election, we do need uh, the nominee papers. There's 10 signatures required as well as a $200 deposit. Um, some people will get that back. Others probably won't. Um, and that's based on the legislative rules that have been set by the province. So based on the number of votes that someone gets, um, you have to get so many votes in relation to the a person who's gotten the lowest number of votes but actually makes it onto council. If you get the right proportion of votes up to that person, then you will get your deposit back. If you don't get very many votes at all and it's not close enough to that um, number, then you're not going to get your deposit back. So some people will get it back. Some people won't. We have to follow those legislative rules to see who can get it and who doesn't. Yeah, that's always been interesting. I, you know, if people are reading the news. They'll, they'll see just in Edmonton alone, they've had, I think they're up to four or five people already you know, we're just in February, already announced that they're running for mayor. And Mayor Iverson has said that he's not running again. And so... And the, well, what's important is, so, yeah, and, and in that uh, uh, deposit and the non-nomination papers, kind of, we will be receiving them. It's uh, based on uh, the legislation. It's up to September 20th at noon. So that's kind of an important day for anybody uh, considering to run for, for, for a candidate. Um, is making sure that uh, because that's kind of a hard, uh, hard date, hard number. And uh, um, uh, so a person yeah. can come in with their deposit, with their signatures, fills out the forms and then drops them off to you, Christy. And then what happens? It gets posted on the, on the city website that so and so is running for councillor mayor. That's right, Your Worship. So we will be regularly updating the city's website to say who has submitted their nomination packers, package and will be running. Um, there is rules around once you do submit your full nomination package and it's been accepted by the returning officer, then you can start campaigning um, and get and taking in donations for your campaign. Right. Um, so it is important that the public is aware of who has submitted that full package and who hasn't. So we will be updating the website um, to confirm who we actually have received the papers for, um, as well as if the public does want to see and actually confirm nomination papers themselves, they do have a right to see those nomination papers and they would just contact us at City Hall for that and we can let them inspect those actual papers with the 10 signatures. Right. The one Another important uh, part of the uh, running is uh, if you do collect uh, donations, or any expenses, um, anybody gives you money or your expenses for your campaign, uh, you, you actually have to do a filing. And so, you know, that's important also to to make sure that you do a good record keeping uh, of that because I think it's, isn't eventually that municipal affairs uh, uh, asked for some or is that well, just for- it um, on the uh, on the city's website is, uh, and on municipal affairs website, there is guidance on when you, uh, when you have to declare uh, fundraising. 
Um, I don't have those numbers yeah. memorized in front of me, but uh, the candidates should actually, if they're going to, most candidates uh, in smaller municipalities like this don't have to worry about those types of thresholds. But uh, but you should be aware if you're if yeah. uh, if you're a candidate and you're going to receive or utilize uh, utilize those uh, monies and, and fundraise monies um, when you have to declare and how you declare to make sure that you have that. And they're on the they're on our uh, links are on our website for that. That's right, Your Worship. We would recommend that people really closely track any money that they're going to be taking in for their campaign um, because there is a requirement that each person who runs does file a disclosure yeah. statement. Maybe the disclosure statement says they didn't take in any money at all, and that's okay. Yeah, zero, zero. Um, but it is the following March after the election that a disclosure statement will need to be filed by the candidates. So, And there is some pretty stiff penalties if people don't actually do that. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's a requirement of municipal affairs. So we do want to make sure people really keep keep track of any money they are taking in for their campaign, yeah, um, no. as well as any services have to have a fair value attributed to those and they have to potentially track that as well. So not even just cash donations. Yeah, no, it's a really important. It, 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 I know there's a form that a person has to fill up, even if it's zero money that you take took in and and a person just self-finances the, uh, the whole campaign themselves. Um, it's, it's a big deal in the big cities. Um, and that's why we had in front of us, Kevin, uh, in the fall, yeah. I think it was, all of those rules on uh, how much a person can receive. From well, there was uh, right? there was some questions being raised. I think there was a push uh, from some of the larger centers to have the election act amended. Now, note that this is not it. That there's a disclosure actually happening before the election day. There was a push for that, so that way the public knew who was funding these uh, certain candidates. Um, I know that's that there is not uh, not implemented. So um, anybody listening to the podcast, it's, that's not what the case is right now. It's it it's get filed later, but uh, candidates should be aware of uh, of how much and how those funds can be used. Yeah, like, you know, what happens is people say, oh, you're running, and then they'll, you know, they'll offer to help you, you know, with any expenses. I mean, when you look at, uh, if you're going to do a brochure or website, uh, signs, I mean, it starts adding up, right? That's and right. So uh, you can decide uh, what you want to do, and uh, you'd be surprised. Some people will, will give you, uh, you know, some money to help uh, with the cause, and and uh, but you should really uh, understand the the rules and uh, make sure you do a good job of, of uh, you know, accounting for all of your money coming in and, and expenses. You mentioned the election signs. You know, yes, uh, in accordance to the bylaws and the uh, legislation, election signs can exist on the boulevards. Um, the I think the only real uh, hang up and private property, of course, but there are um, areas where you can't, for example, right, like if you're going to be right at the uh, the polling stations and stuff like that. There is guidance within the uh, within the uh, online system that provides uh, information package. Provides some guidance to that. Uh, I think uh, even uh, Christy has. A, I see she has a document open. She probably uh, can go oh, into more details. I'm speaking scary. very high level, but uh, it, it spells it out of what they can and cannot do. Yeah. That's right, Your Worship. That is a, a component of the nominees package that we've put together. There is some um, specific campaign sign rules that come from the municipal government or the Alberta government, but there's also some rules the city has set specific for its municipal election. So the general rule is that signs may be posted from August 23rd until the October 20th. August 23rd. That's right. Wow. So signs shouldn't be going up before that point in time. I didn't. I, that, that surprised me that early. Elections October. Holy smokes. That's right. Well, that's what council approves, sir. Okay. Well, whatever they did. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I got to tell you a funny, funny story about signs. So uh, uh, this is a, quite a few years ago, but uh, there was a period of time when when uh, signs were disappearing. 
during the election. <laughs> and uh, I, I so, think I've heard that both in the yeah. provincial, the federal, yeah. and the municipal. But this one was a municipal, of course, and city, and, and uh, there's a lot of people running. And uh, signs were like, everybody was getting their signs, uh, you know, they like they disappeared. And uh, well, and so uh, a certain fast food uh, restaurant on the, on the t- on their drive through, uh, the person came in to, to order food at the uh, cashier, and and the cashier said to the people that's hand you the food said, check out the guy's car, and uh, and it was loaded with with election signs from the municipal <laughs> election, and the person was very generous. Uh, they didn't uh, select just one person. It was everybody's signs, and uh, and so it was uh, it was interesting. I mean, they, they souvenirs. Yeah, I don't know what the person was yeah. going to do with the signs, but um, you know, uh, it, it is uh, once you start pricing everything out. It, it's uh, it, my my advice to anybody is to price out all of the all of the stuff that you think you're going to need, and because uh, I think probably in our pack, because your probably doesn't have any advice on on all that nope. stuff, but you nope. sort of gotta see how much you're willing to spend. Uh, see if you're willing to uh, take uh, contributions and then uh, work yourself a little budget and, and see, you know, once uh, you start doing advertisement, uh, whether it's radio, uh, video or whatever, it starts to uh, newspapers, it starts to add up. A mail, a mail drop in the city is like, uh, it's it's quite a few dollars. Uh, I know when the city does theirs, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. it, it all adds up. You just got to figure out how much you, you're going to contribute. And then what a lot of, well, a lot of people don't know is um, those municipal forums that uh, that communities h- hold is not put on by the city of Coal Lake. That's right. That's going to be either the chamber. It could be done privately. It could be an organization. Yeah, media. It could be private yeah. sector. It could be uh, uh, like uh, examples, I think. Previously, I've, I think uh, the, the Urban Development Institute or Build Alberta, yeah. so uh, the different yeah. kind of uh, uh, interest groups, I would call them, um, can host their own uh, um, um, forms that might be more tailored to what they're, you know, what they want to see, what uh, which candidate for their, from their perspective. Yeah. I think the 2013 election, um, I think you, uh, they were called UDI back then or Build Alberta. Yeah. And I believe that you're right. They hosted, yeah, remember, uh, they yeah. hosted a forum because, you know, of course, that was right in the go-go years of uh, things were really, really busy in Coal Lake. And I think they hosted one. And, that, and that's what, uh, you know, see what happens, you know, in the fall here with the, with the COVID and everything is, uh, you know, can you even have a forum or is it all going to be virtual? You know, who knows what... Uh, what's going to be allowed. Yeah, and uh, sometimes they're held uh, um, in private venues and sometimes they're actually, I think uh, it's a couple of times been at the either Lakeland Inn, I think, or mm-hmm. a yep. conference center and even I think in the field house at the Energy Center uh, has been a couple of times for some Yeah, the forms. Chamber's yeah. done it with yeah, the media the chamber, yeah. and uh, so I'm sure they'll get involved again, yeah. but uh, it's just something that uh, if anybody's interested in running, just be aware that, you know, they're usually in, in Coal Lake, there's been one or two, if not three forums. And uh, it's an opportunity for a person to, to get out in front of uh, the audience and uh, and state your position and, and answer some great questions that the public uh, get up on the mic. And that's always easy the key point of all of this. But, uh, you know, it's uh, there's um, in terms of the day of the election, before the election, there's uh, uh, um, an advance. Uh, you can vote in advance, correct? That's right, Your Worship. So we do have the election day is October 18th. 
There will be advanced poll dates offered before. We're still trying to uh, determine exactly how many advanced poll dates we're going to have and when they're going to be, but we're looking at tentatively having four advanced poll dates, um, trying to anticipate where COVID-19 might be at that mm. point in time to sort of potentially reduce some of the numbers at the polls um, from people really congregating together. Um, so just flushing out some of those details, but there will be a few advanced poll dates, um, certainly, and that's where people can come and vote right in person at, at the polls. What's a special ballot? What's all that about? Sure. Yeah. Special ballot is something that's been around for a while. It's basically a way you can mail in your vote. It's very limited in Alberta to certain circumstances. So if you are going to be out of town for all of the dates that you could come in person to vote, or if you um, have a, a physical disability, so you actually have no way to be able to physically come in and vote, um, then you can apply to the city ahead of time and we would get you your voting papers and then take that as a mail-in from that person. Right. So what about um, if a person says they don't want to be where others are because of COVID, could they contact? You think uh, they're going to be able to contact and say, I, I want to mail mine in? At this point in time, the legislation has not been changed to allow that. Um, that's something that has been sort of talked about yeah. as a potential option. Um, and I know that um, there, there's some consideration to whether they could expand the special ballots to potentially include situations where people don't want to be um, in present around other people. But at this point in time, special ballots are limited to situations where people are going to be out of town or potentially physically um have a, a disability that they're not able to attend ballots in person. Yeah, we've had that, that inquiry, right? I mean, because That's right. of the situation. They, so here, so the day of the election when you roll in, um, we're going to have those fancy machines again? We will have, yes, we will have the machines available. It will still be um, a paper document that you will fill out with a pen, but then that will be fed into a machine. And it's no. just that the machine does count those paper documents. Um, of course, we have the backup papers we can always count as well. So there's a, a ton of checks in place to make sure that that is um, an appropriate way to count ballots and that that's a If there's a recount or something like that or something. We'll have yeah. the paper documents. Yeah. We can count them yeah. all by so hand as well. And a person gets the results very, very fast. Yeah, quicker. We still want to do our due diligence. Uh, you know, that's uh, um, each uh, election cycle. We do kind of debrief on what, uh, you know, how, what are the, uh, how did the system work and, uh, and try to make improvements on that. I know that uh, sometimes there's some excitement because how come Cold Lake, you know, we've got some results in other municipalities and Cold Lake is still hasn't, you know, got theirs yet or are live as they go. We just want to make sure that, that the numbers are right and, uh, and uh, making sure that everything's in place before uh, going out there making announcements and making usually, a mistake and having to walk those back. Usually we have two locations on the voting. Is that what uh, we're, no. we're going to do one? Yeah, yeah. Last, last year, yeah. Our last election cycle, we went down to one location. Um, we have uh, previously, the yeah, at the, it was all at the energy center and just had advanced polls in the different locations. Uh, I think this is going to be the same approach. It worked very well um, in the last uh, go around. We had no uh, um, real issues and... It helps with the, the last, uh, the, the counting, because when you're at different sites and having to bring them first together and then patch the machines together and then having to get that data causes further delays in order to make uh, those numbers come together. Um, those are some of the debriefs that we've had. And uh, and then also when you do it at one location, um, it helps, uh, like, you know, you do get people trying different things on our elections. Like, I don't want to, uh, you know, sugarcoat everything or what the words I want to use, but, uh, you know, actually there's an example we did have 
a person that went to one site, uh, once one poll to elect, and uh, a person went to another poll just to see if they can uh, cast a ballot, right? To see if the checks and balances are in there. So we we do have those checks and balances that are there. Sneaky we, yeah, yeah, you know, you, it's all kinds of uh, interesting stuff, and there's all kinds of stories that you can have, right? But our system works very well. Sorry, I'm hammering the table, so it's probably going through the microphone. But I talk with my hands. You I get apologize. excited. Yeah, I get all excited. Yeah. You're you're looking forward to your new bosses. Um, so the in terms of uh, the city, so a person gets elected, you get the results, and now um, the city staff do, uh, they're inside the package, and I think it's probably one of the most important documents in the package is to actually read the calendar of your commitment if you're elected in the beginning because it, um, you're drinking out of a fire hose in the beginning and a lot of commitments of your time. And I think if a person's going to, represent the community they, they they really should commit to almost every night and day that is uh, on schedule and so it's uh it's in that package and it's uh very intense in the beginning but then of course once all the training is is done and you're good you're just going to a normal sequence of events your committee meetings your three council meetings uh, in a month and uh, and go from there but uh that's right, Your Worship. We have included a tentative calendar for October, November, and December 2021 in the package. It is a very um, dense schedule for the new council coming in, but there is some really important training that uh, the city does set up for the new council. So there is um, there's administrative training where they'll go over and learn about how the details of kind of what each of the departments does. Um, they will be some facility tours so that they can see all the different facilities will be looking at. There'll be service level reviews. There'll be strategic priorities um, that will be set. There will be a legal orientation with an expert coming in to um, look at council's role and make sure everybody's on the same page. And then some budget deliberations. And some of the uh, the orientation is, uh, Your Worship, I think uh, your feedback, uh, I think it's going to be uh, neat for the public to hear because I think uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of information that gets uh, that gets uh, put forth to administration. We try to be careful not to overdo it, um, and the and the details of the information when we're doing it. But uh, you know, one of the things that. Uh, I highlight is one is the uh, legal orientation. We do have an expert, a third party that comes in to provide counsel with some training of what the do's and don'ts are from a legal perspective. Um, just to understand that, uh, you know, talk about counsel's roles and responsibilities, the mayor's roles and responsibilities and the CA and, and, and how that line gets drawn from the CAO. Um, in terms of uh, what, you know, council can't be necessarily in the, it can't be in the day-to-day -day operations and uh, otherwise there could be legal implications uh, with that and uh, and making making decisions have to be done as a whole of council. It can't be done as, as individual elected officials. Mm -hmm. um, so going through that and it allows the uh, elected officials to ask uh, the, the legal counsel of, uh, you know, questions, you know, examples or maybe their personal uh, um, situations and uh, even having those conversations because I know it comes from time to time even during uh, through the cycle of the election procurinary interest as you know comes from from time to time um because you get you know you a counselor may get asked or they may call themselves in procurinary or conflict of interest and what are the rules and boundaries and and and, and allows the uh, elected officials to ask maybe their scenario of the in front of uh, all the other elected officials while they're getting that training this is my situation 
Um, I'm a, where would I be in pecuniary or conflict of interest? And uh, and each counselor does that and, and is involved in that dialogue to make sure they know what the boundaries are of where they can have the conversations. Because if you're in pecuniary interest, example, if you have a business and you want to be involved in a decision for my business that influences my business, you, you know what the ramifications are. And uh, the ramifications could even end up being um, uh, disqualified from being on council and, yeah. and being removed. Yeah. So, it's yeah. really, a, you know, look at the calendar really closely because there's some of the stuff that staff tried to do as much as they possibly can at night. But, this, you know, the tours of the facilities uh, of the assets that you're going to be, you know, making decisions at, I really recommend that you can commit to the, to the tours of all of the facilities because it's, you know, it's not like every day you go out to the wastewater lagoons to see what's going on there. And so, uh, you know, having the opportunity to go see the water treatment plant uh, and all the different lift stations. I mean, Coal Lake is built uh, kind of interesting underground and it moves the dirty water around the city. What does it take, nine days to get to the lagoons oh, or some crazy I thing? I can't remember the but, numbers uh, now, yeah. I know it's a great, uh, when I do the grade four class, they love that kind of stuff. How important it is when you flush your toilet to make sure that it, keeps on going and so um you know that the the jigsaw puzzle of uh, that we have here of all the different lift stations and and you know uh, like they're such an important asset within the city and who who knew this and and so when you go on these city tours and you get to understand what the staff have to manage and then of course seeing the brand new um water treatment plant is really exciting uh, that's pretty pretty cool uh new building that we have and uh, and of course uh, looking at the recreation facilities and and uh, you know coal lake and area has been blessed with uh, some you know, some great assets uh for for recreation in coal lake and it's about making the community as a great place to want to want to put some roots down and have a family and uh and and have the facilities so the kids can uh can enjoy themselves and uh you know why not to have uh, some of the best facilities in northeast alberta uh when you go to edmonton you start to see some really interesting uh facilities the one uh the one area that really is important when you segue after the training is you jump right into uh service level reviews mm -hmm. and uh that's where council um, will read what the current service level is in the city and uh, it's an important uh, part of the job is setting up the policy as the level of service in a community and those the new council will go through all that with yourself and all your general managers and uh, if they want to tweak something or lessen something uh, that is the body of council can make that decision in the service level which will then roll into uh, the budget and so uh, all those dates are in the in the calendar identified as as right now as what uh, when you want to start going right from service level into the budget. Yeah. We and allow for quite a bit of time, as you know, uh, maybe through the election cycle, things get a little bit quicker as as we start to uh, uh, get on it. But we allow a slow start because we know that there's probably going to be lots of questions and uh, and having to probably elaborate more in some of the issues but uh, yeah like you said uh, the city's budget deliberations not is not just a numbers thing right uh, um and pushing numbers around it actually initially starts with the uh, terms of reference of council's expectations of administration on on all those different services that we yeah. do provide um so that way yeah council actually talks about service levels without no numbers about you know this is where where facilities are open from this hour to this hour 
do we want to shrink that? Do we want to grow that? Or, uh, you know, or we shut down at one o'clock in the morning or we run eight, uh, eight months of the year, or do you want to change those uh, without no numbers? This is all about terms of reference of, of the program. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I always like that. Yeah. I always like the one about snow. So if you want to uh, have more snow removal, you play with the centimeters. My goodness. We've got staff out there measuring the snow with rulers, but you know, this is the sandbox that council can decide is okay. I want to have, uh, less centimeters, which then you guys will tell us. Well, that'll be another two, three hundred thousand dollars of uh, snow removal uh, required in, in the in the city budget. Yeah, so not cheap, not yeah, cheap, it's right? not cheap to move that white stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, these are all decisions that will slowly happen. And I, I know that um, in the first year or second year of your your four year term, you spend a lot of time looking at that, and then eventually. I like the way we just did it recently. If anybody wants to tweak any of the service levels, let's put it on the table now instead of going through the big document. And so I think that that that's probably, you know, something that's really beneficial to anybody listening if they want to run is yeah, in the beginning, it's a big fire hose, but then you'll become uh, better tuned up. And then the next year, 2022, 23, 24, you'll be just, you know, the time sink involved in doing a city budget will go from, say, probably 24 hours of your commitment down to probably six or less, you know, once you get uh, into it. Yeah, it depends on, on um, council. Yeah, kind of at, at that point, uh, you know, the way I would describe it, it is it depends on count, like even on your own council right now, this existing sitting council, I think the time commitment is significantly varied depending on availability of time because because a lot of uh, a lot of council has uh, also full time yeah, jobs absolutely. and stuff like that right and and you know you look at the pay we've actually you you know what the pay is like Cold Lake is one of the lowest end of the scales on terms of compensation and and whatnot but uh, so it varies so you might have if councillors are more maybe uh, retired or, or semi retired or have more, more flexible schedules maybe um, they may be able to attend more meetings on on council's behalf. Right. And, and bring that information back um, versus others that may be more inflexible uh, in their schedules. So the, when you look at the financial statements and that's what people will go to is uh, when you look at it, uh, how come one counselor is making more than the other? It might be just because of availability. Or the day meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, when you have day meetings and things are going on during the day, it's, it's sometimes difficult for some people that don't have or have set schedules. Right. So, yeah. So what yeah. happens uh, is that the council uh, for many, many years here is allowed um Say you have a meeting in St. Paul or in Bonneville or in uh, Lac La Biche, you're allowed to claim a per diem once you leave the city of Cole. Yeah. And so uh, this is a uh, many of the committees that you have to travel to. And so you're you're compensated for mileage, uh, your meal allowance. Yeah. If, if, Edmonton. If required, Edmonton. Yeah. And so, you know, this is why, uh, like Kevin said, there's there will be a variance on some counselors' salaries because. Uh, some of the some of the counselors got uh, you know day jobs that they just can't uh, get out of, of course. And so we, uh, you know, the idea is that council works together, and you uh, you work together to see, you know, what people can commit to. And there's some really fun committees that everybody wants to get onto. I mean, water is probably water and sewer is probably the rustic committee. Is the rustic committee, the, the most popular one. Well, the big one, yeah, the big well, uh, uh, the chairperson there on the uh, rustic. Uh, um, just signed off the uh, with the chair of the Bonneville Commission uh, that was uh, announced in the papers. I think that was uh, Councillor Buckle and Reeve Sawchuck just signed the water deal yeah. between Bonneville and Cold Lake. Yeah, yeah I think Lakeland yeah. Lodge and housing has always been a real cool That's, one to be on. Yeah. FCS has really been a popular one. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's some neat, uh, neat committees out there and uh, 
the library's uh, counselor Lefebvre has been on there for a long time. So it's uh, everybody starts getting to their niche, and uh, and I think uh, you know if you can spend a year or two or longer on a committee, you actually become uh, well versed on 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 it. I I know myself. I sat on that waste commission meeting since day one, mm-hmm. and so uh, you get to remember all of the history. Oh yeah, that's why we did it, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, it's important, but I think, you know, go back to the package, read it. And then, of course, if you have any questions, contact Christy and Kevin. And uh, uh, anything information, I think, in terms of the election process itself and submission of the being a can- of the candidate paperwork and stuff like that, my advice would be to uh, contact Christy as uh, she's the uh, returning officer. So that's kind of the legislative component. Um, I won't be involved. Anybody that comes to me with those types of questions, we'll just, we'll be forwarding those to Christy. So that way there's a, you know, you read the legislation and make sure the, whatever the circumstances is matching, whatever the legislation is. And, and, uh, and then, you know, if there's questions about the city though, like, uh, cause we do get that, uh, from time to time. I know that you as the mayor does get those questions from time to time, asking questions, um, uh, myself as being the CAO, I do not work for an individual counselor. Um, I work for the body of counselor council and, you know, any prospective candidate uh, can come and uh, speak to me about uh, being a candidate and uh, questions about, you know, city priorities or what's going on in the city and uh, and uh, maybe a state of finances or those types of questions. I'm there to answer it for anybody. Uh, it's not uh, just the, uh, uh, there's no, no candidates that have announced yet. So I don't know if any existing candidates of council are running or not, or even yourself, your worship, I do not have any of that information, but uh, I provide that same, uh, I, I provide that same quarter to anybody that's looking. Right on. So the uh, one recommendation is, uh, is if say you've never seen a, a council meeting is go and check out our website, um, go on our council and you can see all the agendas and download a, an entire agenda. Sometimes they're, they're like the other day was pretty easy, a couple hundred pages but some of them get up like 400, 800 pages, eh, Christy? I mean, that's, you you know, that's a big part of your job, right? Rolling all that package up. Absolutely. Yeah, your worship. And it's uh, really nice at the city of Cold Lake. It's a very transparent um, government for the community. So we do publish the full agenda package for anyone to be able to see. So that includes not just a list of kind of what's going to be discussed at council, but all the supporting documentation that administration has put together to sort of substantiate some of the potential considerations council might want to make or look at. Um, So that full package is available to anybody who might be interested um, for a meeting, it often runs up 500 or more pages. So it is a, a lengthy document sometimes, but uh, absolutely anybody can go on to the citycoldlake.com website, um, click on the date of when the meeting was held, and then read that full package if you're interested. Yeah, yeah we've been, do, we've been doing that for years though. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of municipalities, you know, they just kind of post on their website kind of the agenda um, front page of the, of the topics, right. Or of the, of the evening, but, uh, um, outside of anything that's confidential, um, or meets the FOIP, uh, legislative requirements, uh, our entire packages are posted. So you can read the entire agenda with all background information, um, associated with that agenda package. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good. And of course, uh, um, you guys load it up on a Friday. And then so yep. uh, you know, the elected body can read it over the weekend. And then, of course, council meetings are on Tuesday. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it, just, it takes you a couple of minutes just to load up the package. And uh, and then you can read it and, and get to see what uh, what information. Of course, in camera, 
items or there's reasons why you're going camera and those won't be part of the uh, package that people can 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 see but sometimes you go in camera on many items you know legal yeah you know at land uh, there's a whole bunch of issues personnel uh issues that you need to need to discuss uh privately and then sometimes you make a motion out of uh out of uh, in camera uh, but it's an opportunity for council to uh, to hear what's going on in in the city of Colake from the CAO. That's right. Yeah, the, the boundaries of uh, the, of the FOIP legislation is, as you said, is generally personnel related. Uh, typically, I might give a briefing of something that made a, that might have occurred or something significant. Or, um, but even with the the CAO's uh, performance evaluations and stuff, those are not done in in, in the public yeah. realm. Um, if there's a legal um, um, regulatory process that's occurring, um, then council will get a briefing of what's happening in camera because that's just the nature of natural case of well, we can't uh, strategize on uh, the position, opposing positions in, in the public realm, right? So, yeah. yeah. So one of the most exciting things <clears throat> that uh, generated from the public was to, to do this live streaming. So if uh, anybody wants to see the uh, a council meeting now, they're, they're, they're held live, uh, City Coal Lake website. Uh, and uh, yeah, one and away you can go, you can watch, uh, watch a council meeting. I think we were done in less than an hour the other night, but uh, sometimes they do go on for quite a few hours. We usually meet at six, uh, we do meet at six o'clock typically. And uh, you can follow us, uh, you know, follow council, see what uh, the different procedures and, and you'll see that everybody has to vote. Yeah, I, it took us a little while to go online, uh, go uh, and uh, get the live streaming equipment. As you know, we just didn't want to have really cheap equipment. In the, as you know, our the council chambers is kind of a unique. It's not. Uh, it's kind of just a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, definitely just a room with a couple of desks in there. So wiring it up takes some time, and the infrastructure, IT infrastructures uh, that is needed to make sure that we can see everybody. Um, it took some time, um, but nor did we want. Because uh, we've been observing, uh, you know, different uh, live streamings from all around uh, the Canada. You know, some of them you can barely see the individuals because they're because uh, they're all grainy because they might be using, you know, just cheap cameras and stuff like that. And just because during this COVID uh, situation uh, or time, um, the accessibility of technology has been a challenge. Uh, you order something and it takes months to get here uh, because it's all been pulled off the shelves and they're all on back order. It's, I think uh, that's our problem with the getting the vaccines. No, just that's a joke. <laughs> but uh, I think the uh, the live streaming has uh, uh, that we've gone uh, has been uh, um, working out actually quite well. Uh, you have uh, our highest uh, individual meeting that has viewed it. A lot of people... Uh, view it afterwards and stream it afterwards. We have, I think, the highest uh, views is uh, 310 is what I just have here, just pulling up. And uh, and over the last uh, 28 days, uh, in terms of kind of totality, is uh, just uh, just shy of 1,200 views of the wow. uh, of, of the system. So I think that's quite positive for start for council. So it tells you that there's people that are watching it that are interested. Um, they're all on there for various times. We can, uh, from uh, from analytics perspective, see how much they've watched. Um, whether that was maybe two seconds or, yeah. you know, two hours. Um, but, uh, I think, uh, I think it's turned out quite well. I, and, uh, kudos to our staff. They put a, uh, you know, the way they can move the screens around. So that way the public can see the, uh, the agenda item. Like if there's conversations on a certain picture or, uh, a certain, uh, some words in that they're in the, uh, in the report, we can pull that up. So the public can, is seeing what uh, the council may be talking about at the time. 
and uh, yeah, that interactiveness or that 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 kind of that movement seems to uh, really uh, uh, been a positive feedback from what we've received at City Hall. Well, that'll help. Do you think we covered it all, Christy, with uh, uh, somebody wanting to run for a municipal election? I, I think that those are the main points. Um, the, the big thing from our perspective is if you're interested in running to be a candidate uh, for a city of Cold Lake municipal government, um, either go onto the coldlake.com website and grab the nomination package and read through the material we put together or else pop in down to City Hall. We are still open to the public and pick up a paper copy of the package so that you can get the information you need to make an informed decision about running. Yeah, no, it's a great, uh, you know, great information package. I mean, the city colleague does an amazing job uh, uh, providing uh, an elected person with as much information as they won't care to read. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's, it's a so ton of stuff. Now, you know, things are getting more electronic, and and on your, uh, you know, the city does give you a phone and an iPad or, or you know, some kind of mobile device, but uh, you can choose to accept it. Uh, but it's important to probably accept what the uh, city is providing in, in because of security reasons. Uh, some of the information is pretty confidential. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we they, they outfit you with that. Uh, they mean they may not pay you very well for your your job as an elected person, but uh, we yeah, I think we yeah we have it written down here, Your Worship. I think the current numbers here, are, yeah, at present uh, it says here it's it's on the uh, it's on the city's website. What is it? Uh, twenty five, just over twenty five thousand dollars for a council honorarium, uh, and then uh, that number does go up based on the de decision of council on uh, January 1st, 2022. So the next council gets to decide whether that's going to be implemented or not. Mm -hmm. The mayor is, what is it, just shy of $55,000 for the honorarium. So Yeah, I think uh, yeah. over the years, uh, councils always uh, viewed themselves as, um, you know, they're here for the betterment of the community. Uh, when you look at the pay across Alberta, yeah, we're one of the lowest ones uh, per capita, you know, in comparison to some other municipalities. But it you know we did have a body of the public uh, one time look at the salaries and that that one year uh, did increase the salaries somewhat, but uh, you know you're you're you know everybody is there for a reason and that's to make Cold Lake a better place to live. So um, you know the pay is what it is and the body of council can decide if the pay is not uh, good enough uh, when they get elected. They can they can always make it. those decisions. Yep. Absolutely, yep. they can yep. go up or down. Yeah, the, the uh, administration can bring forth those uh, those reports for council's consideration and review any of the policies that were, that were with the city. I think the uh, yeah that works out very well. Uh, the uh, uh, you mentioned the word as a as a team, it kind of work together as a team to make those decisions. And I think uh, um, my time in Cold Lake Council has been uh, great at uh, you know as you know councils may vote in different um, directions or agree to uh, the word is agree to disagree on on a matter and vote differently on matters. I think what's been important is council actually comes uh, together and they they are making those decisions and very respectfully getting the getting the work done and making those decisions on behalf of the community. And I think uh, the successes in the community has uh, really shown to that. So yeah, it's yeah, important yeah. Uh, when you when you're elected is that when you're in the body of council you make a vote. Is the vote didn't go in your way in your favor? Just let it go because. It can drive you crazy if uh, you know you're passionate about something and, and the council you voted a different way. It'll it'll chew you up inside, and and you'll if you look at a lot of the uh, you know my experience. If you look at some of the municipalities that have had a lot of problems uh, as a body of council, it's just uh, letting go of a decision that you're not in, in agreement with, and you just got to move on. and And uh, you you'll learn very fast in this business. There's seven people on our council. 
And if you have four people that are voting a certain way, that's all it takes. And the mayor or the reeve has to uh, uh, speak in a positive manner on the positive vote. Yeah, I and use the yeah I use the important. rule is is that the decision is 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 always unanimous the following morning at yeah, the end of the day. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've done uh, talks uh, about that. Uh, you know, at the AMA sessions and that. That's uh, council getting along is is critical for the betterment of your community is is it's you know you can do some searches on google and just look at uh, you know stories and and you'll see that some of the issues that 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 are plaguing a community you just go really and um but it's important i think that's where the training uh in you know kind of conclusion of this podcast is the training that you guys do i think helps um uh, the people that are elected to really understand what your role is. You might come in with a perceived notion, but I think what you guys do here in the city is amazing. And, and uh, if you come in um, to, to, to learn and to, uh, to drink from that fire hose, there's a lot of knowledge that you're given and then it's up to you to start making those decisions. Yeah. And uh, you know, we do have a already, already team building sessions that are built into the, uh, the process with strategic, strategic planning uh, sessions. And uh, as you know, that those are, uh, you know, that's almost in itself, probably almost a two day event uh, um, about uh, setting the priorities. Cause you know, when you're, as you know, there's always a lot of issues. Uh, we, we don't live in a utopia and there's uh, uh, we have, always uh, things that we can improve upon or council wants to have uh you know to change policies or to change programs and and that's why we do a strategic planning session right off the beginning because it lays out all of those issues and gets yeah. it gets council to uh um let's lay them lay them all on a, on 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 paper and uh, let's get a list of everything that we need to tackle during this term and let's start to prioritize those uh those issues and let's get them let's get administration working on those uh those items well christy did we we've covered the topic pretty good you think I think we've covered Alrighty. all the highlights. Um, starting January 1st, we can accept nomination packages. So if somebody's interested in running for mayor or for council position, um, to just yeah, pick up the package of information from us and then get your nomination package back. All right. Well, thanks for, for joining me and Kevin here. Oh, yeah. Uh, good. Uh, there's a, I just say always look at the website and uh, make sure you got the most up-to-date uh, information. Yeah. Yeah. All righty, Mr. Yeah. Nagoya. I think we covered it all. We're, we're good. Gonna, okay, we're, we're gonna, in good shape. All right. Uh, hopefully, uh, people enjoyed that one. We, we really wanted to talk about the municipal elections. Important uh, every four years. And uh, if you want to uh, get involved in your community, the, the application is online or at City Hall. It is, yes. All right, everybody.